Hi, everybody. It's episode 476 of PodQuest. Hey. Hey. It's Tuesday, September 26th, 2023. I am Chris. With me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. Hi, I'm here. I'm going to do my best to uh, not cough directly into the microphone this week. Now, that's the ASMR people love. You gotta cough into them. I don't know if there's anything I hate more in audio than ASMR. Get, get, uh, get, get that COVID sound wave all over the place. Spread the COVID through sound wave. No. That's, that's how that works, right? Herd immunity, if everyone gets it through sound waves and no one's gonna get it. No? Oh no. There's science behind it. Drew, what do you think? I'm with Cobb. I'm gonna go with no on this. <laughs> I'm pretty oh, the sure. If we could have gotten COVID through sound waves, we all would have gotten it by now. Like, I mean, I mean as in the whole human race. There's that Stephen King. I mean, there's lots of stories like this, but there's a, um, it's the only Stephen King book I've ever finished, um, called Cells. That is basically everyone becomes zombies because of a cell phone, like, thing that goes through people's cell phones. I mean, interesting. This was from like, but what? Rich, this was uh, from like 2004. Five pre like everyone literally being a cell phone zombie. Yeah, so it's I actually kind of creepy. I mean, we also listened to an entire podcast series for book club where a disease gets spread through audio. Well, does that that's not the same though? Because was that a disease? I wasn't it just like people died like almost right away, or am I misremembering? No, I mean that? it. It they it, the audio formed like bubbles in their brain or in their earwaves that caused them to slowly degrade over time. Oh, so, for some like, reason, I thought it was like an instantaneous, like they heard the no the no. sound and like died almost right away. No, it it took time. Like the more you listen to it, the faster it would affect you. But it took time, and like um, it's they like with the podcast. This is the message that we're talking about. We talked about about it forever ago, but like they they originally got it back in the sixties or fifties or sixties, just after the first nuclear bomb drops, or shortly after the first nuclear bomb drops, and um team of scientists studied a message from an alien source uh, and everyone on the team died because they were all listening to the message but it was a classified thing so no one else ever heard it and then cuts to the modern day where like somebody makes a podcast about about the message and about a team of uh, hackers and code crackers and slackers being all about the Benjamins and trying to uncover what the message is. Yeah remember it all like the mystery around it I didn't in my head, it was just one of those things where it was much more instantaneous than no than that. But yeah. that was also, I think, it was two one years of the ago. First book clubs. It was an early on book club, maybe like our sixth, fifth or sixth book club. Because yeah, I think that was. So I remember we did. Did we do both of those podcast ones for the same it thing, was, or were those two yeah, separate? It was, it was both for the same because they were from the same groups, from the same people in the same world, and. Altogether, they were like two and a half hours, three hours. Right. Like that. Yeah, because I remember listening to the one about like the um, not not the one we're just talking about. The other one about like the people listening to like their dead ones. Yeah, life um, after their dead ones. Um, I listened to that while I was at um a company who is a current client doing an assessment for them, and that would have been like two Augusts ago. So August twenty twenty one, I guess. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty one. Damn. Well, yeah, it was because I I listened to um I was listening to the message on my way down the shore to the zoo that year. Oh yeah, and I because you normally go to the zoo on your birthday, don't you? Yep. Well, that was the year I started doing that. Oh, I didn't realize that. The first year I well, it was because the year before we couldn't do anything, and the year before that we could like go out and stuff. So it was like, all right, well, I'll just 
in and it's it's easier just to do this thing that's outside. So I started that in August 2021, and then August 22, I had COVID. So my new tradition, I couldn't even do. That's what you get for going out and having fun places, man. Yeah, God forbid I like go to a concert for the first time in two years. No, see, I mean, Cobb, the problem was he didn't go out enough, so he got COVID because he hadn't been going out. Man, to build up the resistance ev- to COVID. <laughs> your wife also got COVID at that show, so I mean, I also got well. You- did you get COVID from the show, or did you get COVID from her? I thought you I were, mean, like, a few weeks of, after. No, I was, like, a few days after. But it was okay. also only sick for, like, literally a day. Yeah. Like, I was sick for Saturday, and then was yeah. better by so, Sunday, basically. Yeah, because, like, what, the show was a Wednesday. I felt it hardcore Saturday. No, maybe I started feeling it on Friday. It was Friday or Saturday. I can't remember what day it was. But I felt it hardcore on, like, Saturday for sure. And couldn't get out of bed. That's right. I started feeling it Friday recording brose. And then was knocked out pretty much all day Saturday. I thought it was a sinus infection. I got COVID tested. I went to a, um, I went to urgent care to get antibiotics for a sinus infection because that's what I thought it was. They were like, well, you know, even though you got a negative test, it could still be COVID. I'm like, well, do you want to do anything about it? It's like, no. I'm like, you don't want to test me again? No. We'll just treat it as a sinus infection. Okay. I'll use the antibiotics, but if I don't need them and I'm using them, then that's kind of stupid. Or don't you agree? This is the worst doctor I've ever had in my life. You have a lot of bad experiences, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, in fairness, if it was COVID, like, which it was, th- there's not really anything to do about viruses. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, it was, it was COVID. I thought it was... I, like, I didn't go to the doctor because I thought it was COVID. I went to the doctor because I thought it was a uh, sinus infection, which he looked, he didn't even look up my nose. That's the problem. He right, felt around my, he felt around well, my sinuses and is like, all right, well, there's no real way to tell if it's a sinus infection. Well, you've got all that beard in the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The beard that definitely covers up my nose. Just saying, man, it's in the way. Um, but look, man, you know, at least you got to go to a concert, right? <laughs> yeah. Look, yeah. I eventually got COVID from a concert, too. It just took me another year and <laughs> 30 concerts. But at least finally you got it, right? Yeah, it's been great. <laughs> I just got my shot my, for, my, for the new the, the new vaccine. I got that on Friday. I took Friday off, and I had extra time, so I got my shot. And uh, let me tell you, my arm hurt after I got it. I mean, that, that at bad. least that's all you had. That's, that's all that ever happens whenever I get the shot. Like, even... So the first time the first shot i the first course of the first sh- set of shots like my very first shot of the covid vaccine um i was exhausted that day afterwards so i got the shot i came home i think i did some work and then jensen that was jensen's rehearsal for her wedding and then my parents had everyone over for food and stuff afterwards and i left i left about an hour later i'm like exhausted i have to go they're like what, what's wrong I'm like i got my first covid shot today i'm tired as hell like, you knew it was going to happen. All right. So I go home. And then the second shot, nothing. And then my boosters, my first booster, was when I felt the arm pain. And then I never got another booster until just now. Well, there wasn't another booster until now. No, they were supposed... They, I think they were still saying to get one at least once a year, but we're supposed to get it, like, every six months, too. Like, we're supposed to continue to keep getting boosters. There was no new version of the vaccine to have gotten since... But the first the, boosters, but which was the, also only a year ago, anyway. Like, 
No, it was oh, not. Ergo no, it was 2021. No. Or no, the first boosters no. were... Were 2022. Yeah. No, it, and then it, it wasn't were, just we, 2022. You're a no, fucking liar. No, it the fuck was. Hang on. on. I've got Let my card just... right in front of me. They still give the cards. I believe it. Uh, so, yeah. No, my uh, first booster was... So, 4-1-4-22-11-21-21. Yeah, I was gonna say, my, my booster was from November of 21. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah. And they, we were, you're, they said that you're supposed to get a booster, like, at least every six months to a year. Like, even though it wasn't a new variant, you were supposed to get a booster of the same shot. They, they were every, almost, re- they were recommending to get, like, that same booster again, like, with, like, the following year. Oh, but yeah. They were basically recommending it like a flu shot, not necessarily like a new strain of a booster, but just a, hey, like, if you, particularly if you were in the groups of people that were, um, at high risk. Yeah. It's like, the f- hey, the efficacy of it be safe. Worn down <laughs> after a while, too. Like, the effects of the booster, that's why we needed the first booster, is because, like, yes, there were some variants, but the original shots weren't f- as effective anymore, even to the original base COVID. There were variants, but the, var- like, the, the, the variants weren't really, were still being targeted with the base shot. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember being able to get a third shot in 2021. No, well, that would have been 2022. Oh, oh, right, because you didn't get... Yeah, that's well, weird, no, he got he got his first shot before I got my first shot. Yeah, duh, I, I was the first yeah. of all of us to get any of the COVID. Yeah. I got my first COVID shot in February 2021. Yeah, I got I got mine in in March, and then the, the second one was April. It was late March and then, like, early mid-April, and then I got my booster in November. Yeah, um, it, it was they, that, they all straight of that up, same year. Because I, I remember worrying because I got it on the, um, what was it? I, I was worrying if I was going to be able to get it and be able to still go to PAX because they, I, I could have swore they were saying that you needed to have the booster. No, a lot of conventions, no conventions were requiring the booster. They were only requiring the first, um, like the two shots or the one shot if you had gotten the, the Johnson and Johnson at that mm-hmm. time. But like, I, I knew I was going to PAX and I wanted that boost. I wanted that extra protection. So I was like, let me get it. And I got it's two, literally two weeks before PAX. So I was like, this is just long enough to where once PAX hits, I will have, I will be fully vaccinated. Yeah. The, I, Drew, you are right, though. This is the first time since that initial booster that they've, like, been legit advertising it as, like, hey, go get the new booster. Yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't remember them saying get another shot in 2021. It was just yeah. the two. Like, my, mo- my mom has, has needed to get a shot every six months. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's immunocompromised, diabetic, uh, cancer survivor, I guess, technically. Um, yeah, she's had to get a shot every six months. And she asked me, she's like, when am I get- not going to have to get a shot? And I'm like, Mom, have you been getting a flu shot every year? She's like, no. I'm like, well, surprise, you're old. You need both for the rest of your life, most likely. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, your your immune system's old. You need the protection. But that's, do we want to move a on? Harsh. To, I'm, I just say it how it is. Um, but yeah, Rich, what is on the agenda this week? Uh, so this week on the podcast, we will be talking, uh, part two of Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton, uh, the book we read for book club. Uh, Drew will inform us on the information about the next book that we're reading. Cause, uh, I have the same question as cop. Who the fuck is this person? Um, and I mean it in a funny, silly, jokingly way and not like a man, I'm mad. I promise. 
Uh, Cobb, you read the Live Ship Traders trilogy, which I have no idea what that is. I played more uh, Starfield, and Cobb, you played uh, Crisis Core Reunion. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we'll talk about it. Depends on how I mean, I definitely played it, but maybe we'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it, maybe, if we if it takes... If, if we've got time. <coughs> but yeah, that all sounds right. Sorry, I was trying not to uh, hack into the microphone. Um, yeah, so Jurassic Park. I liked it. I... I, 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 um, so I, I read the last two sections in two sittings back to back. So I literally sat down Saturday night at around, I was playing games with a friend all day and then they went out to go hang out with a friend. So I sat down to start playing, start reading at like nine, stopped at around one, went to bed, woke up, took my medicine in the morning and ordered breakfast and started reading again. So, tech, I consider that one sitting to read the last half of the book, but it's technically two because I slept in the middle of it. Um, I, how I really, dare you sleep? I, look, I was tired. I, but I, I if I, if it wasn't so late, I w- probably would have read the entire last half of the book. I absolutely loved the last half of this book. I very much enjoyed this book a lot. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I think it, it did a lot of things, it did a lot of things different in a way that, um, benefits it from the movie and like yeah. lets you kind of look at the book and the movie as two different things. Yeah, it's the the entire. I would say ninety five percent of the entire second half of the book is not represented in the movie, and it is it makes it to me, although thematically a similar movie, a completely different experience and a completely different story. Yeah, yeah, like it. it it's funny how, like, Andrew, you had, you had kind of said this before. You can kind of just, you know where the story's going, um, mm-hmm. but a bunch of things are pretty drastically different or expanded on in a way that, like, oh, like, would have never thought that they would have, like, gone further than what the movie did. Yeah. Um. So I guess just we're just going to talk spoilers for the Jurassic Park book at this point. Like, Yeah. yeah we, there's no reason it. not to. We did our spoiler-free discussion two weeks ago. Now we'll do our spoiler discussion, basically. Yeah, so, like, if you haven't seen the movie and read the book, like, you're going to get spoilers now. Um, and yeah, You've I'm, only I'm, had I'm a, 30 years. I'm going yeah, to go one step further. If you haven't play, if you haven't seen the movie or read the book, you can see the movie. You're not really going to get spoiled that much. Uh, if you haven't played the Sega Genesis Jurassic Park video game, you're going to get more spoiled uh, for that video game than you will for the movie from us talking about this book. I did have that thought. I'm like, man, this is shit that's in the Genesis game that's Ooh, not in the movie. Literally that's where the this t- came from. Wait, really? The I've T-Rex, never played the game. The T-Rex with his head coming out of out of the waterfall. is, is I saw exactly that scene when that happened. Um, them getting attacked by the pterodactyls. Like, it wasn't scene for scene, it wasn't exact, but a lot of, like, the River Cruise stuff that they did in, the, that was in this book, is what they did in the video game for Genesis. And because that's... Because they, they needed it, to fluff wh- out the video game. The, um, the tar- so a lot of the stuff, like, we, we mentioned it last week, too, um, they used some of this stuff in the later movies, like... Yeah. We mentioned mm-hmm. the, the little girl being attacked by the, um, the, the dinosaurs on the beach. Yeah, They the used copies. a version of that in the second movie. Yes. Um, and then the pterodactyl stuff was, I want to say, also in the second movie? Third. 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 Um, they, but like, not as, not as much, not as similar. Like, they dealt with pterod- pterodactyls in the third movie, 
but it wasn't like just the pterodactyls came down and, were, and was attacking them. It was like more of a an event. Like they they like, it, but it was still the idea that they went to the bird cage and then the pterodactyls were very territorial and started attacking them. Um, but because it was also the pterodactyls, I can't remember what they were in the book. What they call what pterosaurs. Pterosaurs were different than the pterodactyls in the movie because the pterodactyls in the movie were the big, tall ones, whereas the pterosaurs were more like falcon-sized, eagle-sized birds. I got the impression they were still larger, but not like the pterodactyl-sized, and they were apparently they weren't supposed to be a problem because they were um, they ate fish, but they were territorial. Let's see, I, I actually happen to just open up to where Arnold. And Malcolm are talking about the pterodactyl and trying to see what his explanation uh, or his his description of them were. I saw them as being smaller, pterodactyls. C e r c e a r a d a c t y l s. But I didn't think they were sm- like they were smaller than like a pterodactyl. But I didn't take them as like the size of like a falcon. Like I think they're still very large animals. Fifteen foot wingspan. I'm I'm very big. Is 15, I, I'm splitting hairs here. Is 15 foot like from wing to wing or is 15 That's foot? That's wingspan is, is from wing to wing. Yeah. Okay. So it's like about a seven foot wing each way. Yeah. Furry bodies and heads like crocodiles. I like, I envisioned them small. Like, I, yeah, I don't know why when I was reading this, uh, Jurassic World, when the pterodactyls is attacking, uh, Jimmy Buffett and he's running away with his, um, his drinks. That's what I had envisioned for this scene. I don't know why. Oh, okay. I don't know why I thought that small, even though I read 15-foot wingspan. I don't know why I envisioned something as small. But you know what? Like, between them describing, like, the bird or the dinosaur and then the actual, like, attack or whatever you want to call it happening, like, stuff, like, there's stuff that happens in between, so it's easy to kind of forget that description at the time. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, that's probably, like, I'm just, cause I'm also, like, like, like I've said, like I've admitted, I'm not a good reader. So I might have read that, but not processed it, or not read it, but then, or when they got further into, uh, explaining the, the pterodons themselves, or the ceratactyls, like, I just, like, put this vision in my head and just completely ignored everything else. Um, but yeah, I, I, I will say, and, like, I don't want to talk too, too much about comparing the book to the movie. Because the book came first. You, if anything, you compare the movie to the book. Um, I am upset that I didn't, that we didn't get a, ah, 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 you didn't say the magic word. I am upset that we didn't get a clever girl in this entire book. So we never really had, so Maldoon never really had in, um, he never had the same interactions with the Velociraptors earlier on, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, like yes, while, while that was a very good line, I feel like both of those things are very movie well, lines also. True. Yeah. And that's like, but like, and this is, this is, this book is obviously an adaptation of the movie, but, uh, I remember being at Matt Papa's house and he had a copy of Snakes on a Plane, the book, and we found, I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane written in the book, cause it's like, it's such a line that you need in the book. Um. But that's the difference between a movie based on a book and a book yeah. based on a movie. But like I, but like again, it was more of like a. I was like, man, these are like kind of iconic scenes that like I was, I was, I was, I was. It was me still expecting stuff to happen from the movie, and like when, like I'm happy that Muldoon did not die in this movie or in this book. But I'm just like, 
man, that cl- I would have loved to have like read a better description of the clever girl scene instead of just seeing it on in in the movies. Yeah, but I I think they they did the dinosaurs very different in this. Like you got the intelligence, but they didn't over oversell it either. Yeah, like they 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 sold it as more of them as just being very smart pack hunters versus actually laying traps. Which is what I they, they kind of did in the movie. But they, they were laying traps. They were, they were, uh, they were, they were distracting. Uh, cause during the, with the point when, uh, Ellie was, um, outside and, and, uh, they, they like, they were distract, the two were distracting her outside the gate while the others that were on the roof then came down and, and came after. Like they had planned, they, they didn't plan that, but they were able to figure all that out and decide a, like, Maybe in a sense communicate what to do. Oh yeah, no, they were they were incredibly intelligent and they they problem solved. But in the movie, like a lot of the a lot of like the times that we see them in the movie, like they allude to them literally setting traps for people. And in the book, like it's more of a they are pack hunters and they they are good at taking advantage of opportunity. Yeah. Um. That I guess that's more what I meant. Mm-hmm. But um, how about Hammond? And how just drastically different he is in the book. I, I, I love movie Hammond, but I, I think this Hammond is a better character for this scenario and for this, for this, for a book and for an extended medium as an, as a book, I think this Hammond is a better character. And I think it, what happens to him is honestly what he deserves. But I think he makes, the way he was presented in this book makes sense. As to, like, the main antagonist, the main human antagonist of the book would be him. And it was, they, they didn't really make that out to be in the first half of the book, but the second half of the book, he was just like, I don't care what anybody has to say, we're doing this no matter what. I am doing this, I want to do this, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, and he, like, he, he acted like a child in a lot of cases. Yeah, and, like- and even, even in the end, he kept, like, he was, Honestly, he was he was acting he he kind of had the mindset of like an addict where he was blaming everyone else for the downfalls and everyone else for his problem. It yeah, was like he, oh, he even blames his grandkids. Yeah, he blames his grandkids and like they shouldn't be here and they caused the trouble and he 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 um I don't think he at any point in time fully blamed Nedry, but like he blames Nedry which Nedry was the reason for all of this to have had happened. Um but he blames everyone for the issues, when Malcolm was telling him the entire time, bad shit is going to happen, you need to keep an eye on this place, and he said, no, we're fine. No, we're fine. Malcolm, the entire book, is saying bad shit is going to happen, is going to keep piling on. And Malcolm was able to, like, basically, basically knew the power was going to go out, because he's like, start saving some water, because if we still have power, start saving water. Just trust me. Yeah. To be fair, oh, excuse me. Everybody, everybody from Jurassic Park looked at Malcolm that way because they all thought that, like, he was just being overly cautious based on his, like, mathematical predictions. Yeah. Like, so, like, I can get that part of it up to, up to about the halfway point. Like, after, after you find out that the, the people you sent to go experience the park have been attacked by one of your dinosaurs and that your, major predator is on the loose and a bunch of other dinosaurs have been breeding when you didn't think they could 
It's like, okay, yeah, no, no, there, there's problems here that we need to try and fix. They, but that's the thing. They kept denying the breeding. Exactly. They were like, no, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. Like they, they had, they had, they never were able to bring the proof. That was the issue. That was the biggest problem with the last half of the book because the power was out because they didn't have a working radio or anything like that. They weren't able to give proof of, uh, uh, call the ship or, which I'm surprised. Well, no, I guess. No, she would have known. She would have known. I'm surprised she didn't tell them to call the ship. That's, that is probably my biggest confusion. Wait, who would have known? Elliot Sadler and Malcolm both knew that the ship had, um, engine. I think everyone with the, everyone knew that the ship had raptors on it. No, so only the kids saw it. Um, and I, th- I think it, Grant didn't find out until after the no, attack. The, the Cause kid- Ellie definitely didn't know. The kids saw the raptor on the ship and told everyone. But that Grant was, that, saw it too. That was after Ellie was gone for sure. I don't know why Malcolm didn't say anything other than the fact that like he was in shock and highly medi- heavily medicated. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. I, mean, I can't remember when Ellie and Gennaro were both gone at that point. They had gone with the the vet. They also didn't have access to radio for a long but while. They had access to f- they had access to phone and radio. While Arnold was still alive, he brought it back, and it was on auxiliary power, because he even said, we called the copter for a doctor to come out for Malcolm. Who knows when it's going to get here, though? No, I like, thought they still didn't have um, outside access because of what in, whatever Nedry was doing. Some some of the um, no, cause when he order of operations, it, I, I'm blanking on. They, they, didn't ha- they were able to get the power back on, but they didn't have outside access, so they reset the power. And that's when it brought back oh, on, okay, on auxiliary right. power. And at one, and like it's like three hours later, and Arnold's like, "Yeah, we were able to get the the the, the entire um, the entire park fully functioning. Everything's running. Everything's proper. We have we've called in a doctor for Malcolm. We just don't know how long it's going to take for them to get here. Which is like weird because they called in a doctor at four o'clock in the morning, and it takes an entire day for the doctor to get there. I mean, they are on an island very far away. Yeah, true. I guess, in but a like." Storm. Yeah, there was a storm happening yeah. too. But like, the, but it, it raises a question. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure at least Malcolm knew, and he, I'm sure he probably knew to tell them that. But like, he, he was dying. But he was mocking them the entire time that, oh, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. He was dying, but he's mocking them. Like, huh, yeah, I'm dying. But like, he, w- if I you think right. about it, he was, he was never really like totally there, and was probably not remembering that thing that happened right before he was attacked by the T-Rex. Maybe. Maybe. Like, a lot of things happened in, a, in very quick succession at that point in the book, and he went through significant trauma. So, like, I could understand him not thinking about, like, oh, that's right, we saw a raptor on a boat. Or at least a kid saw a raptor on a boat. Um, which Malcolm changed a bit, not even a bit, a lot, too. Um, so he dies. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was bummed out that he dies. Um, that like he just go ahead. Do you have it? Do you have any plans on reading The Lost World? Um, I own it, so I pro- I I want to. I'm gonna uh, probably not for a while. Depends on um depends on on uh book club and what other books we read. Um, but I I do want to. I just don't know don't know if I'm gonna have the time to read it before getting into whatever other book we're gonna be reading or or the other books we're gonna be reading. So it might not be for a while. So. This is on the, the back cover of the book. Um, Malcolm is still the main character of it somehow. 
don't tell me it's based off of the movie. Uh, no, 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 no. So Crichton was forced to write the sequel so that they could make a movie. No, the movie. Well, well, yes. Because I mean, the book comes out two years after the second book comes out two years after the first. Yes. Yeah. So his publishers were bas- basically pressured him to write a sequel because the movie did so well. They wanted to make another movie. No, it doesn't. The, my my back cover doesn't mention. Oh, the synopsis I read, like not, not synopsis, like the the blurb or whatever I read, actually mentions him in it. But yeah, somehow he is alive in the second book, even though they tell us that he died in the first one. And I'm wondering if part of that is because. Is, so I know Crichton didn't want to write a sequel. Like he wanted that to be like the book, like that was it, said and done. Um, so like he does not, or, or he did not apparently even care for the sequel all that much um Mm -hmm. and every everyone i've ever heard talk about it it's apparently not very good like the movie wasn't great apparently the book's also pretty bad um or it's it's at least it's as bad as that second movie was i guess is the better way to put it um but um what was i gonna say i wonder if part of the reason that malcolm is alive is because jeff goldblum was so popular as the character that he's like, all right, well, if I'm if I'm writing this for the movie, I might as well write it for the character that people kind of like clung to from the movie. Almost certain. Like, <laughs> so I oh, I'm just gonna read it. It's in the prologue. This is uh the the second paragraph. Uh, Malcolm had in fact been reported dead in several newscasts. Uh, then he says, "I was sorry to cut short the celebrations of the mathematics department around uh, the country." He later said, "But it turned out I was only slightly dead." The surgeons have done wonders, as they will be the first to tell you. So now I'm back, and my next iteration, you may say. Okay, then. So that is that is a real shitty way to open that book up, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it's the second it's second title in the prologue is the second paragraph, and it's like, yeah, Malcolm is alive. Um, so yeah, might not read that book. I mean, like you own it, you might as well read it. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably read it at some point. Um, but yeah, I just I think it's funny that like. One of the the last pages of the book uh, is just, it's a very, like, it almost doesn't even count as a character dying, because it's just, Grant goes, what about Malcolm? And and I think it's just, they just shake their head no. Yeah. It's like, mm. man, you don't even say he's dead, you just shake your head that he's gone. But, like, then, that's, that's really, that's, it's what it's, it, like, it shakes his head, like, he, he's, it's like, no, he didn't make it, like. So, like, it, it is ambiguous, but, like, he the, he even says in the book, like, he's reported dead, so it's like, yeah, it's kind of dumb that, that he did that, but, again, if Crichton didn't want to write the book, then he probably just half-assed it for his publisher's sake, and his publisher's like, great, this'll be gold, and so yeah. he printed it anyway. Yeah, and that's why, like, the book, you didn't, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, uh, in the first book, you didn't need, like, a big death scene for him, like... I think, like, I'm looking at it more as, like, knowing these characters from the movies and everything like that and being like, oh, but, like, they were, like, a, a major character. Like, how are they just going to die kind of off page? I'm like, I guess, like, that's not how this was written. Like, fair, but none I mean, of the characters were necessarily like, the main characters. Yeah, but he's still a pretty prominent character, and he does kind of just get written off he's, out of... <laughs> it's like, ah, I, never mind. We don't, uh, we're done with them. The thing is, them. though... The thing is, though, and like, I'm not, I, I, I loved Malcolm in this book. I loved, I love, I love, I love Jeff Goldblum in the movies. I loved Malcolm in this book. The thing is, in this book, uh, um, it, it, he's Indiana Jones. With or without him, this would have happened. And nothing would have been different. Except the fact that he was mocking them the entire time. 
Like he 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 unfortunately didn't bring anything to the table to affect change in this book. Every I mean, that, he was that's he was him ba- in the movie too, though, right? I I mean he he's he's the one who told Elliot to follow the um the the pipes in the movie. Like, but yeah, he was knocked out most of the time. But he was he like yeah, you're right. He didn't do much in the movie either. He didn't do anything to save the world. He didn't do anything to affect change. But like. In this book, in in a sense of like, yeah, he's a pro- he's a prominent character in the in the sense that he is playing the antagonist, one of the antagonists to Hammond. Um, he doesn't really do anything. Made he doesn't really do anything that would need a specific death page. Um, plus, well, he's dying the entire book. Yeah, I so, mean, they could have just killed, like, had him die at that point. But also but, to say to say he did nothing to affect the the plot literally was his entire mantra was like y'all this whole thing is already fucked like there is nothing you can do you this is a fucked from the beginning i can tell you anything you want to hear it doesn't matter you've already set in motion everything that's fucked the island yeah 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 i mean i will will say his like whole like chaos theory thing way cooler in the book than it was in the movie like yeah I th- I think even Hammond calls him like a rock star or something like that in the movie. Yeah. Um and like he really did come off that way. Like he was just kind of like the cool guy. Mm-hmm. Um and in this one but I think the thing is like he was Jeff Goldblum so he actually felt like a cool guy. Um but in the book he felt like the nerd trying to be the cool guy, but like the shit he was saying was actually having an impact even if um even if it was in a positive impact. Like he he was riling everybody up, but he was also making making the reader go be like, "Oh yeah, no no, yeah, no." All the things you're saying, those are totally happening. You guys just don't know it yet because you're not privy to these other POVs we've been seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't actually know, but he he's calling, like, shot for shot what's happening out in the park right now. Right. Yeah. Um, I I did also think it was interesting that his, um, the water, um, explanation, like the drop little water thing to explain chaos theory, um, is not a, a thing that, that Malcolm does in the book. It's somebody else explaining what his whole thing is to somebody else. Wasn't it? I think it was Arnold to Gennaro, I think. It was either Arnold to Gennaro or or vice versa. Like, I think it was those two characters, though. It was somebody to Gennaro, at least. I know it was somebody to Gennaro. Gennaro was the one who wasn't sure. It, I, I think you're right that it, I think it might have been Wu to Gennaro. I'm not sure. <laughs> it was it was somebody smart to Gennaro, as far as I... That's, that's all I can remember. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was Gennaro, because he was the one that, um initially hired him i don't know now i have to now i want to i'm not gonna be able to find it it's also not that critical it was just one yeah. of those it it definitely involved those characters um i thought it was interesting that Gennaro kind of like existed throughout the whole book too as as more of a force than yeah. in the um in the movie like he he's just kind of like sniveling lawyer in the early parts of the movie and honestly takes on a lot of the more negative traits that hammond had yeah and that's um, that that's that's like that's the unfortunate thing with Hollywood is like the, you you have a lovable character in Hammond you can have a lovable character in Hammond but you're gonna have to change him and to change him it means you're gonna need somebody to play his role and so they did that to somebody else who honestly probably didn't deserve it and should have I I really think if if they were to do an adaptation of these books today they it needs to be a series and it it needs to be true to the book. It needs to, they need to, they need, they need to Jurassic Park Brotherhood this shit. 
and make it true exact to the book. I mean, that's, that's kind of the problem with, with adaptations though is you don't, you say that, but you really don't want that. Cause a lot of the stuff when, when you, when you take books and translate them to TV or movies, like there's certain things that you're just not getting from them. Um, and I think, I think the way that they did the original Jurassic Park movie is probably one of the best ways you could adapt something, um, without, without it actually losing anything. Like, yes, like you're missing some of like the broader things they do, um, and some of the things that happen kind of post, like where the movie ends, but you're still getting a story. You're still getting the characters. Yes, not all the characters aren't exactly the same as they are in the book, but you're, you're still getting enough of everything, if that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas I think if we got like a direct adaption, like people don't want to hate Hammond. Um, and unfortunately, like Gennaro also is not very likable. He's still kind of a douche a lot, a lot of the time. Um, because he's a lawyer and like he was really just sent there to make sure that his law firm didn't lose money. Like, yes, he kind of stepped up a couple of times, but he was also still kind of an asshole a bunch of times too. Um, it's good he didn't die on a toilet like he did in the movie, but. Um, I don't, I don't think that he was necessarily like vilified in the movie in a way that like did I, him I, injustice or anything. I, I think, I, I, I think like he was, he was vilified to the extent where you get satisfied with it, with his death. That's the thing. Like he is the guy that you look at and he's like, oh, he's a money grubbing asshole. And that's all he cares about is money. Um, in, in this, yes, he cares about the money, but he cares about his firm. Well, maybe not cares about his firm, but. His firm has a lot of money in this and has a lot of uh, overhead in this, and his firm could go under if this goes bad. He is there; they are the legal team to this company, and so if they don't deem it safe, it's like yes, he. I think at one point he turns around and says, like in the early book, like this is gonna make us a lot of money, but it's like it's the redemption of him turning around, and be like, you know what? These guys are right. This place is not safe, and we can't have this anymore. And he. He tries to do the right thing just to be able to get off the island, probably more so to save his own ass than anything else. But he 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 starts off in the book like the the uh like a protagonist with or or on the side of Hammond, but then turns to be on the side of everyone else and is like and and it just to me at least the way I read it and the way like I I took it in like the entire book is is like making you realize that Hammond is, and I'll be all, like, not a good person. He just cares about what he wants. He's a child. I mean, yes, like, like Hammond is not good, but I, I, I was just simply saying that, like, Gennaro really isn't any better. Um, Like, he has a change of heart when, and that's not even a change of heart, he wants to save his own ass. Like, yeah. that's all it is. Like, it's not that, even at the beginning of the book, he's not on Hammond's side. He's, he is on the side of how, how is him and his firm going to make money? He's actually against, like, not against Hammond, but he, he doubts Hammond at the beginning. He doesn't kind of, like, come around until he sees the dinosaurs for the first time. I mean, in the beginning of the book, he doesn't even want to be there. He's being forced to go there by his boss. Exactly. But, like, think about it, like, if, if the movie had kept him as a character, there's a chance he would have had that, like, slight turnaround by the end of it, too. Because his character is pretty similar up to that point. They just lean a little bit heavier on kind of the money grubbiness of him in that first half of the movie. Um, but like almost the same thing happens in the book and the movie. He's the first one to run out of the car and leave the children alone. It's just the difference is he gets killed while sitting on the toilet in the movie. 
and he hides in a um in a pipe in the or no does he hide in a pipe or does no, he hide Gennaro, between rocks? Gennaro wasn't with the kids. That's oh, the oh that's right. They, he left. That they, was that's right. They, that was the tour guide guy. They, that, yeah, they that left rat. out an entire character to have Gennaro fill that position. Like they, I forgot they, that 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 was that kind that Gennaro was gone. That's the thing about the movie uh, is they don't focus as much on it being about whether or not the park should exist. You really don't get a lot of discussion on that. The discussion yeah. really is at the very end when Grant turns around and says, I don't endorse your park. And Hammond says, neither do I. And they leave. Exactly. Whereas at the end of the book, Hammond, right up to the point that he dies, is still going like, yeah. no, this like, is this is my this is my party or whatever. Yeah. Um, sorry, I got distracted as I was trying not to cough more. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I actually forgot that that wasn't Gennaro that, that ran out of the, the, ran out of the truck, though. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was the tour guide. Like, they, they basically turned, I, I'm, I don't remember if the lawyer had the same name in, in the movie, but they basically took the negative aspects of Hammond and the tour guide and turned him into the lawyer in the movie. Just so it could be like, all right, well, this guy, he's, we're going to have him die. It's going to be satisfying to watch him die because he sucked. Cause yeah, like, I'll, that... I'll, I'll be honest. When, when the, when the tour guide, the, 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 the HR person died, I was happy. Cause that guy sucked. I hated him. I hated him. He was a butt. He, yeah. He, he was like, and like, so the only reason you know that though is because it was a book and you got some of his thoughts. Like, yeah. sorry, my, my throat has that like tickle in it. So I'm trying not to, uh, that is the worst feeling when you get that like tickle in the back and you're trying to hold off on it and it's just not working. Ugh, sucks. Um, where were we though? Uh, just uh, we were talking about the tour guide and how we we knew we didn't like him because we could get into his thought. Right, and was it? He was like a marketing guy or something, right? Like he wasn't he was actually like, the tour guide. No, he he was. Yeah, he was something like he was like PR something or other. It wasn't even marketing. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I um I. I was kind of blown away um, that like how much it was different, and I was so excited that it was that much different. I love yeah, that I, they focused I didn't expect a lot it to be more. as different as it was, and I love that they focused a lot more on the Rex and that like the Raptors weren't really the main focus because you would expect in a in a thing about dinosaurs that the T Rex would be the bigger villain, like more than three quarters, more than. More than, yeah, not even three quarters. I'd say more than three fifths of the book is about, or more, more than two fifths of the book is about worrying about the T-Rex. And it's about the T-Rex. The whole, whole fourth, uh, what is it? Third iteration, whatever it is, uh, from like page 200, fourth iteration. Whole fourth iteration is about dealing with the Rex itself. Like, yeah, you don't... I, I never knew from what you guys were saying that like that stuff was part of the game. Yeah, yeah. I, the you the 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 game had two T Rexes in it. Uh, you only ever encountered two T Rexes per stage. If you encountered them, you only encountered up to two. Um, you didn't really encounter encounter raptors as often. Um, and it, yeah, it was a lot of like river river uh tour basically in the Genesis game. I, I've been wanting to play that, but I don't I don't have any way to play it. The game was great. It's like my childhood. Emulate it. I I look. I I gotta just figure that out. Uh, anything else on the book? Anything else you want to talk about? Well, so I guess, I guess the big thing is, is the end. So the, you know, it, it more or less covers the movie. Like there's, there's a bunch of stuff that's, that's different. Like we've, we've talked about characters die that don't die. Um, characters live that don't live, but 
at the end, after, like, the whole visitor center thing with the raptors and all, um, they go and they actually find, like, the raptor nest and, like, all the baby raptors and shit like that. And then on top of that, as they're escape, like, as they're, like, leaving the island, it's not just, uh, they manage to get on the helicopter and, like, evacuate, um, the, like, Costa Rican government shows up, evacuates them, and then, like, firebombs the island. Yeah. Which, like, I mean, it makes me question how they have a sequel, how he, how he had to write a sequel to the book, um, unless they do a second island, who knows. Um, but yeah, like, it was, I, I, I was kind of, kind of bummed out about the ending. Because it's like they they take they they take the obvious route out, which like I don't blame them. Firebomb the island, destroy everything, because nothing should get out. Like I agree, you don't play god to this extent with these creatures. They're 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 apex predators. They have nothing under the food uh, above them on the food chain. You do not do that. But like I, it, then I take the side of like Jurassic World. Uh, uh, what was it? What was the second one? Dominion. Where it's like, oh, we kind of have to save the dinosaurs now, because it's our fault they're there, and the island's gonna blow up. We have to... They're gonna go extinct otherwise. We kind of have to... Fallen Kingdom. Dominion's fallen, the third one. Yeah, yeah. Fallen Kingdom, then. Like, we kind of have to save them at this point, not kill them. And, like, I kind of agree with that. Like, y- you... People created these things, but, like, it should be on us to destroy them again. Like, I was a little bummed out that they did that. Yeah, I... I understand why you'd be bummed, but I think it also just, it suits it a little bit better because they already know that some of these dinosaurs have gotten off the island. Yeah. And they're like, well, if we just, if we just leave the island, eventually somebody's going to end up here. Yeah. And like that, that is a big, that is a potential global disaster. Oh yeah, definitely. But like, again, like even, even Malcolm turned around when, when Hammond's like, it could have destroyed the world. He's like, no, the world will still be here. It just could destroy humans. It's not a global disaster. It's a human disaster. Yeah. Cause have you, have you seen the third one yet? Um, Dominion? Yeah. Like, I, I just never bothered with it yet. Um, it's, that one is basically good. like the world is overrun with dinosaurs, right? Uh, well, not really overrun. Cause it, it was, it was like, it was basically a Noah's Ark situation of dinosaurs. It was like two of each dinosaur, basically. But like somehow they get baby dinosaurs are on the black. It's bad. It's it's un unexplainable. It's not worth watching. It's just yeah. Bad. I mean, that I mean that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed the book. I like that it it kind of went places that the movie didn't. Like yeah, it made reading it worthwhile versus like reading the um reading the novelization of a movie. Yeah. Um, unless it's a movie that you really, really like, often is not worth the effort. Yeah. Like, some of the, like, the Star Wars novelizations are cool because you get more, like, you get more insight and, like, explanation on certain things, but it's still just the same fucking story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is at least, like, this is the story that you're kind of familiar with, but a lot of things, characters and plot lines just go in different directions. And that then- was fun. The, the very last page implications, two, two of them at least. One is, at least for a while, uh, Grant, Sattler, um, Gennaro, Muldoon, they're all stuck in South America because they won't right. let them go. Being questioned, most likely. Yeah, being questioned. But like, they're, they're putting them up in a nice hotel and in a resort and everything else, but it's like, until they get answers, they're not letting anybody go, and no one's like, no, no one's in charge because the person's in charge is dead. Uh, then the other thing is, um, there are still dinosaurs off the island. 
Right. And and they know, that, so they're most likely raptors. They're smart enough to know that they need to eat specific foods to get that enzyme that they need. So they were eating a lot more of it from crops. See, I didn't think it was raptors. I thought it was like the little guys. I mean, it could be little guys. Uh, I don't think the little guys are that smart, though. They're um, they're scavengers. Um, also, they like make a point to note how the raptors start migrating on the island, and then mention yeah. that they're the things true off the island are migrating in the exact same fashion. That's yeah. true. So I don't think it ever explicitly says it's raptors, but it's like, oh hey, look, it's probably raptors. Yeah, yeah. Which I th- I thought that was cool. I was like, oh, it's just. Something still got off. Something still got off, which means all of the times that that ship, it, it wasn't just a one or two time thing. Like, to me, what this means is as lo- for the two generations of raptors that were born on that, um, on that island, a lot more were born than were, than were on that island because they were sending a few off at a time every time that ship left. They knew when the ship would come, they would hear it, they would go to it. And they would send them off. And if if they're what's left and nothing else is coming, then that's what's left of the raptors. Like they, there's a good number of them that are migrating up. True, that is true. It's a shame that's not the movie we got for the or the book that we got for the sequel. Like well, an actual follow up on that versus like the Lost World. I mean, well, that's mm. the thing. Like we we don't know. It's five. It's five years later. The Lost World takes place five years later. Or are you saying for the movie, it's a shame we didn't get it? Um, like a version of the the dinosaur scuttle. So for the for the book and the movie, it's a shame that like like the sequel is not the actual continuation here, and it's what we got in the Lost World. So I was looking. There's there's an island on in one of the pages of the book, like a map of the island. I was looking at. Sorry. Okay. But, uh, I I completely missed what you said. I'm sorry. Oh, I I said <laughs> <laughs> I said it's a shame that the sequel we got is the Lost World. Versus, like, a sequel that's actually following up from, like, how this one ends on that kind of, like, cliffhanger. But are you saying, like, the sequel, the book, The Lost World, or the sequel, the movie, The Lost World? Both, because they're both, like, the movie is based on the book. Oh, is it? That's dumb. Yeah, that is that is why Crichton was forced to write the book, so that they could make another movie. And then after, after the second movie, they just decided to make their own, or second book, they just decided to make their own fucking stories. Well, I, I think... Crichton probably, I can't remember when Crichton died, but... Uh, 2006 or 7, I think. Maybe 8. Okay, I can't remember when Jurassic... Well, Jurassic 3 didn't come out in the 2000s, so... No, no, it came out in 2001. Uh, so, there's, there's like... I looked up book club questions. It's 12 questions. I'm not going to ask all 12 of them, because one of them is, would you make a movie adaptation of... No. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> they, they could not... They could not make these dinosaurs look real enough. It would it would be fucking ridiculous. Right? <laughs> the CG yeah. would be horrendous. They, people yeah. would say that these dinosaurs need feathers on them now or something. It'd be bullshit. Um, but uh, question number one is: Would you recommend this book to someone? Would you recommend this book? Why or why not? Like I, I would. De- I, everyone I talked to when I when I said that I was reading it was excited that I was reading because they said this this is one of their favorite books from him. It's an amazing book. So, like, I really don't have anybody to recommend it to, but I would definitely recommend this book. I thought it was really good, and, like, we've already said a lot, it's different enough from the movie to where it's it's a good, it's a new experience. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would recommend it to anyone that's a fan of the movie, for sure. Um, and then, like, anyone that's looking for, like, a, like a sci-fi book that's not, like, space laser pew-pew-pew sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you find this author's writing style easy to read or hard to read? I find um, it fine. 
I th- I actually I was shocked. I mentioned this last time. I I was scared because I read this forward that he's like a doctor and all this shit. I thought it was going to be very technical, but like I thought it was a very easy read to me. Like there was some technical stuff, but like I didn't have a lot of difficulty reading it. I didn't have a lot of issues with like like the the actual contents. And he painted a very good picture. Like hmm. I usually. Used to not be able to read very well because I had trouble picturing what the author was trying to tell me to, to to see, but I pictured everything that he was telling me. You know, that's actually that's a thing. Like that's like a, a yeah. like 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 that's a thing. Like some people cannot picture what they mm-hmm. read, so like they can't read like fantasy and science fiction. That's like the like again like the space like laser stuff because they have trouble associating it with with real world yeah like situations. I mean the the uh, the the trying to think um, the the Walking Dead books that I read a while ago the Governor books like because it's written by Kirkman and a horror writer they are very good at describing scenes and and, and areas to where it was easy for me to picture these things that I was re- I was reading um, it might also be because I have prior knowledge to some of these books that I've read like Jurassic Park I didn't really worry too much about like what some of the characters looked like because I like I just had their actors in mind when, when some of the characters would show up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it helps that like Crichton is not he he doesn't write flowery prose. Like yeah. he's very like he gives you a description of like what something looks like, what like like a room looks like, but it's not like he's not using a bunch of really descriptive adjectives and stuff like that, and he's not spending a paragraph just describing to you like the the coloration of the scales of like a, like a dinosaur. So you're saying he's not Tolkien, is what you're saying? No, well, no. If he was Tolkien, he'd be writing songs about the trees. <laughs> yeah. Um, that go on for pages and pages and pages. Um, but I mean, even like like Stephen King. Stephen King will spend 16 pages describing like a character's like left eye. Like some some authors just go very hard on that stuff, and others don't. And I personally like it more when they leave it a little bit more when they tell us what they want to tell us without it being like drug out for no particular reason. Like if you can if you can explain something in detail and make it flow and it takes up a couple paragraphs, but like it sounds good. Great. Do that. You're obviously good at your craft. But like if you're just like stringing a bunch of words together because you want to get the most detail out of it as you can. Like no, just th- t- tell us their eyes are blue and move the fuck on. Yeah, and I th- I feel like Crichton doesn't. He never spent a lot of time like describing what anyone really looked like. Yeah, like he gave very like Gennaro was apparently like stocky and a little like like muscular in like a he probably like went to the gym after work sort of way. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Malcolm like wore all black and was skinny. <laughs> I think he was also balding in the in the book if I remember correctly. I think so. Um. Actually, real quick, something something I appreciated. The movie heavily like leans into the fact that Grant and Sattler are probably in a relationship. Um, it never outright says it though, and I'm glad that the book just goes like, no, 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 that's that's my student, dude. Like, no, yeah, yeah. it's like that's <laughs> she's, preposterous. No, like, she's marrying somebody else. There's like a 30 year age gap here. Yeah, because like yeah, that, the, the, that, was that was in the movie too. There was like a 20 year age gap between those actors in the yeah, movie. There, there was a decent age gap. They kind of hinted at. A relationship, like you said, in the movie quite a bit, but, like, it wasn't until JP3 that you're like, oh, she married somebody else, probably her age, she has a kid, and he's still a doctor. Yeah, but even then, like, <coughs> even in, in 3, I don't think they ever said that, like, they split up and she remarried, do they? I don't think they did. Okay, I, I didn't think so either, 
But yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. I appreciated that. Yeah, I I did I did too. Like I liked that they were just that they were just like no. Basically, Crichton's like this isn't a love story. I'm just I'm just gonna write. I'm people are gonna try to say this. I'm just gonna say no because it's not a, a love story. Exactly. Um, any other questions on your thing though? I mean, there's twelve. I'm just gonna do the last. The number three is uh, who is your favorite character, or and, and or which character did you identify with most? And were there any characters you liked or disliked? That's one question. But who's your favorite? Did you identify as one? And uh, which character did you like, like or dislike? Honestly, favorite. I mean, is Muldoon. He's awesome. Um, I probably identified more with with Gennaro. Um, and obviously Nedry is just made to hate. Made to hate. Nedry's in so little of it, though, too. Yeah, but it's just, like, that's that's his that's his whole point, though, is to hate him. Like, I, I, feel- I mean, I I grew to not like uh, Hammond as well because of the way he acted by the end. But, like, there wasn't as specifically any other character that I, like, didn't like or hated. It's funny, though, because, like, if you think about it, though, the, the light that they put Nedry in, in the book, he's more of a victim tr- getting revenge. Mm-hmm. He... he w- what he did was not malicious in a way that he he wanted anyone to get hurt. He did not think any of the things he did would have caused what happened. Right. Like, yeah. it was supposed to be, like, a five-minute, like, power's going to go out. He was going to get to take the things, drop off the boat, be back, turn power back on. No one even knew what happened. That obviously isn't what happened. Um, and, like, yes, he is a villain for that part of it. But um, InGen was blacklisting him and bad-mouthing him to other prospective clients, even though he completed the job he was hired for. They were making him make changes to the job he was hired for and refusing to pay him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the movie, he is just a shithead. Like... Yeah. Like, they they just... They make that evident from the very beginning of the fucking movie. He is just a piece of shit. Like, Book Nedry, still, yeah, definitely like an asshole, but, like, was justified in wanting to get payback on this company. Right. Whereas, like... By the end of the book, you realize, like, and we've said it a bunch of times, Hammond was a villain. Like, he was an egotistical, money-grubbing child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't actually even care that his grandchildren almost died. Right. He, he's just, like, textbook evil capitalist. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel like Muldoon was actually a better character in the book than he was in the movie. I think he he's just kind of like the hunter dude in the movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then he dies. He- but in the book, like, he's actually a character. Yeah. yeah, he was very, uh, I, 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 typecast isn't the word, but that's the best way I can explain it when it comes to how they portrayed Muldoon in the, uh, in the movie. It's just like, he was just, he, he was playing that type of that character. Or, like, he was that character. That's it, that thing. Like, he was the hunter, and that's it, nothing else. He just wanted to shoot. Which, kind of what he wanted to do in this, but he also, he, like, they, he, it seemed as if he actually knew what he was talking about with the dinosaurs, whereas in the movie, it seems like he's just like, oh, just the raptors is all he can. Yeah, he, he only knew the big hunters, basically. Uh, Drew, any characters that jumped out to you? Uh, not that haven't already been said. I think yeah, I my mean, favorite I've... was Malcolm, honestly, but... I Like, Malcolm was great, too. Like, like ju- just the fact that he just kept rubbing it in after he was, like, fatally injured. He's like, I told you guys. I've told you guys for, like, a year now. Exactly. Or five years, however long it has been. It's like... I told you, like, I didn't know what you were doing, but I told you it wasn't going to work, and, oh, look, it didn't fucking work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I guess you guys want to want to move on from, from Jurassic Park, though? Yeah, let's move on. All right. So, well, first, Drew. Yes. What's our book? 
We're going to read Finished Business by Ray Didinger. So what is this? I don't know who this person is. So, I mean, it's a autobiography, um, like memoir. Um, he, he's a local, he's a Philadelphia sports writer, uh, as you accurately saw on the cover. There's a bunch of people in Eagles jerseys in the background, because that was at the Super Bowl. Um, oh, and, that, that cover looks so much older. I thought this book was older than that. No. I mean, you know, like, the background is the way it's uh, focused. Like, the background's fairly washed out. Probably partially for legal reasons of trying to make sure no logos were on the screen or on the picture. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's pretty much his life story. Because the finished business was uh, him getting to be at the Eagles finally winning a goddamn Super Bowl. um, So, you said he's a writer? He's not, like, he's not an announcer or something? No, he, I mean, he was on WIP for a long time, but he's retired. He retired last year. Okay. Yeah, I've never heard of him, so. Yeah, I mean, he's one of my favorite radio guys. Uh, the show he used to be on, I could have listened to the two of them all day. I also don't think I've ever listened to WIP. Like, not surprising. <laughs> that is the sport, like, the sports one, right? Yes. Okay. Just make, making sure I wasn't, like, misremembering, like, local radio stations. Yeah, nope. But, uh, but yeah, he worked for the Inquirer and I think one of the TV stations. I mean, he also would do like the Eagles post game live on uh, Comcast Sportsnet Philly. Okay, that's cool. So, does the book really just cover like his relationship to like the Eagles, or is it Philly sports in general? Uh, I mean, Philly sport, Philly sports in general, because he covered more than just the Eagles throughout his career. He's definitely okay. most well tied to being like the Eagles beat writer. Uh, but, you know, he started, I think he started being the beat writer for the Flyers, like when the Flyers started. Uh, pretty sure he talks about covering wrestling and the Phillies and, you know, just kind of all things Philadelphia, too. Man, is there an ECW chapter? <laughs> I don't know. Nah, it's like way pre ECW. This well, would have been that's like no wrestling fun. and like. The seventies. I I will say you're killing me with having to fucking get a physical book. Fuck. I mean, there are probably ways around it. I tried. I tried. I don't mind buying it. Actually, like, just be clear. I I did buy a copy of it. I have no trouble with that. The way you two have trouble, like, can't read ebooks. I'm the same way with physical books. I have the worst fucking time focusing on a physical book. I get so goddamn distracted. Um. But I think I, I think I might have ordered the same one that you did, Rich, because I think I think it's supposed to be here tomorrow. It was like under ten dollars. I mean, I my, I bought a used version from uh, uh from through Amazon. So yeah, I did the I did the same thing. It was I, buying a twenty dollar like hardcover is just not worth it unless it's like a book that you really like cherish. <laughs> so yeah, I I grabbed it. It was one of the ones that would arrive the quickest and like was like, a reasonable price, but also wasn't in, um, I think they called it acceptable condition? I think mine was, like, good condition, and like that. Yeah, same. It, it was, like, it was good condition, and I'm like, that works. That means it'll be legible. I have a personalized signed copy. Did you, like, go meet him or something? My dad did. My dad got oh, me and my brother both copies of the book for Christmas a couple years ago, signed oh, that's by Ray cool. Dittinger. So, so if this book, so this came out post them winning, so... Like what, 2019, 2020? Uh, yeah, I want to say it's 2019. Okay, so it it actually goes up to pretty pretty modern then. Yeah, well, that's cool. That's yeah, so I guess um, 
Actually, Drew, do you have it handy right now? I do. How many pages is it? It is technically 326, but there are like 20 pages in the middle that are just photographs from different things he covered or pictures of him at different things. So it's so like, like 300. 300? Yeah. So I guess you guys want to split it in like 150, 150? Like what's the closest chapter to page 150? Uh, I mean, chapter 9 is goes page 151 is the last page before the photographs <laughs> so it does split basically right down the middle okay perfect <coughs> i that probably works then we'll do um the first 150 ish pages through chapter nine for the first half and then the second 150 for the second half sounds good rich work for you yeah sounds good you seem distracted i'm not <laughs> um all right so that would put us at October 12th for the first half. Yep. Cool. All right. So with that out of the way, um, I don't, I probably won't go too long on this because I can't talk for too long without hacking. Um, but I read, um, this trilogy called the live ship traders. Um, it is technically the second trilogy in the realm of the elderlings from Robin Hobb. Um, it's, it's about, it's about this world where, um, in this particular corner of it, there are, um, like traders, like, like people that, like, buy goods and then trade them for, for other goods and, and money and everything like that. Um, okay. And they get these special ships called live ships that are made out of this super rare wood that can only be found. You good? All right. Um, so they can only get the, um, the wood from, a, from like a certain part from certain people and, after they've had these ships for three generations, um, and three generations of a of their family die on the ship, like from doesn't they don't have to be murdered? Like actually, it's it's preferable if it's from natural causes. Um, the ship becomes alive, like literally, like the the figurehead mast thing on the front of the boat um, becomes like a living being that can talk and move its limbs and turn and shit like that. Um, okay, and as part of that, like the ship has a certain amount of control over itself. So, like, if the ship really wanted to, it could, like, open, like, basically, like, force the wood apart in the ship and, like, flood itself and then just drown everybody on the ship. It's a ship, though, so, like, it'll survive. It'll just be stuck at the bottom of the ocean. Um, the wood has a bunch of other, like, properties to it, though, that um, that make it so, like, barnacles don't grow on it. Um, it's very hard to light on fire, um, the wood is harder and denser than normal wood, so it's not like if another boat rams it, it's not going to do as much damage as like if two normal ships were to just run into each other. Um, so like interesting, like like setup with that. Um, the whole plot of the trilogy is we f- we basically follow this one family um, where they're the 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 patriarch of the family he dies. And the, the second eldest daughter thinks that she is going to inherit the ship. And the father is, is the third generation to die. So the, the ship is going to the- basically be born. Um, and she grew up on the ship. She's bonded to the ship. And part of the thing is somebody of the family's blood always has to be on the ship. Um, or the ships can literally kind of like lose their minds. Um, they'll also kind of lose their minds if enough, um, like, negativity and violence happen on them. So, like, if that ship were to be turned into, like, a slave ship, or if um, if it were attacked by pirates and its entire crew, like, slaughtered on its deck, it's going to have, like, an emotional and mental impact on the ship itself. 
Um, but so this second daughter expects to get the ship. Um, in her father's basically dying breath, he actually bequeaths it to his eldest daughter, who really wants nothing of it, and is married to the biggest piece of shit I've ever read in anything ever. Just like every page, it's just like, man, fuck this guy, he sucks. Um, from the beginning of this trilogy to the end, he just sucks. Um, and rather than having the daughter who wants to be on the ship be part of it, um, he banishes her from it and forces his son, who he banished as a child to a monastery because he didn't want him, because he thought he was too weak, um, forces him to return home and live on the ship because technically being his mother's son, he is the blood of the family and all that shit. So the whole, the whole trilogy is kind of like, the one daughter wanting to prove that she deserves the ship. Um, this son kind of like coming to terms with the fact that his father's a giant piece of shit and his life is ruined. Um, and a pirate who's kind of off to the side who just wants to own one of these live ships and become the king of the pirates. And the first book, everyone is kind of just separate. They're all kind of doing their own things kind of in like different parts of the world. And as the books kind of continue on, like, the pirate gets involved with that with that live ship. He manages to capture it, um, and he actually teaches the son basically to be a sailor and to not hate this world that his father forced him into. Um, and meanwhile, like the the middle daughter, like actually learns to become like a proper sailor and ends up getting a separate live ship that was abandoned as it like he was abandoned by his family as um, insane. The ship went out on two different things was gone for years at a time, and both times came back with the entire crew gone, dead. Um, and everyone just assumes that, like, the ship killed them both times. And, like, throughout the course of the books, you kind of find that, like, it's a much darker story than that on both of them. Um, some of, like, the best... It's some of the best characters and, like, villains that, like, I can think of in fiction in general. Like, it's one of those things where, like, the the, the pirate captain, for instance... He's one of those pirates where he's a pirate. You know he's a bad guy. But, like, he does things like very early on he decides that they're only going to attack slave ships. And they're going to free all the slaves. And you're like, okay, well, like, that's actually, that's not so bad. Like, that's actually a good thing that you're, um, but he's not doing it to be good. He's doing it to literally get, like, people talking about him in a positive light. So that this way when he does something heinous. People are just like, oh, no, no, that, but that's the guy that frees all the slaves. Like, he can't gotcha. be a bad guy. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it also gets him more loyalty because then he's capturing these ships, killing all of these slavers, and then basically giving the ships to the slaves if they want them and, like, making them part of his, like, armada. Um, and it's like every so often, like, he'll do all these things where he's, like, he's charismatic and he's, he's kind, I guess, to the pe, to, like, people for the most part. Um, and everyone loves him. But then, like, you'll have a, a chapter where you're in his point of view, and he he's just, he's super shitty. Like, he's not, like, out, he's not, like, out there, like, beating people in the early books, but it's just, like, everything he does where you think, like, okay, that was actually a cool thing you just did for that character. Nope, totally just did that f- to his own gains. Does not give a fuck about anybody but himself. But yeah, so, like, like, the whole book, you're just, you're looking at this character go from, like, is he actually bad, or, like... Is he going to have like a redemption at the end? Like it it could go it could have gone either way. Like he could have actually been like he could have been this conceited asshole to himself the whole time, but then by the end of the series kind of like come around to 
all the things he was doing, or he could end it as an actual giant piece of shit. Um, the only character that actually stays a giant piece of shit the entire time is the one kid's dad. Like, that guy just fuck him from page one. He literally, this guy is such a piece of shit. His son, who wants no part of being stuck on this ship, like, like I said, he, so as a child, they sent him to a monastery to become a priest so that they wouldn't have to have him in, like, the, like, family hierarchy of, like, who would inherit the ship one day after they had their second son. Like, it's one of, like, those situations. Um, But the second son was still too young to come live on the ship. So they make this, like, 14, 15-year-old come back, force him to do it after, like, basically saying, I don't want you anymore. Um, and then are confused when he doesn't want to fucking do it. Um, at one point, he's, he, he tries to run away a couple times, gets basically caught every time. Later on, though, he's not even trying to run away. He's just in a town, tries to help somebody, ends up getting caught and, um, in, like, basically imprisoned. And he's, <coughs> excuse me, he's told by the jailer, like, if somebody doesn't come and claim him, he will be branded as a slave and sold at the next day's auction. And, his dad lets it happen. Like, his dad knows he's in the jail, lets him get branded as a slave, and then buys him for the cheapest amount he possibly can, so that the son is now forced to be on the ship, and if he were to, like, flee, he's got, he's literally got a slave brand on his face. This is Final Fantasy 16. Kind of, actually. Yeah, the little bit I know about that, kind of. Except, like, Clive's dad, not that bad. Clive's dad's great. Clive's mom is yeah. a bitch. Yeah, no, that that is true. But yeah, yeah. Fucking Wintro's dad, real piece of shit. His his daughter too, um, Malta. The first two and a half books, just huge piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah, two and a half is probably about right. Like she is like the epitome of a spoiled little bitch. Yeah, like the whole book, it's just like woe is me. Everyone's treating me like a child because she's fucking twelve. And well, in the first book, she's twelve. Um, and she's just like when my dad gets home, he's gonna put all of you people in your place because I'm. I'm an adult and I can do what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not until like the third book where she starts to realize it's like, oh yeah, no, like the world sucks and like I have to actually like do shit or I am going to die. But yeah, um, I absolutely, I adored these three books. Um, I read the trilogy that came before it like a few months ago and like also very good, but a little, <coughs> a little different to get through because they're all first person. And I don't know if either of you have ever read a book in like first person. It's weird. It's weird being stuck in, like, one person's head, literally in their head the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's See, one thing I, if, like, you read, like, Harry Potter, where, like, you're always in Harry's point of view except for, like, a few odd occasions. Um, but it's, like, that, like, third-person point of view. Uh, this is literally, like, your main character is saying, like, I the whole time. So, like, you're literally in his head and getting nothing but his thoughts. I, and, that was uh, the, the Rise of the Governor. Um, oh, really? Yeah, Rise of the Governor is all in uh, the head of um, uh, uh, his brother. Oh, that's right. I forgot that was the whole like twist in that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like the that that first trilogy, like very good, hard to get through because that main character fits. Man, is he infuriating? Mm-hmm. Everyone in the, everyone in that in that series is infuriating. Um, Robin Hobb writes amazing character, but boy, does she make characters that you just want to fucking punch in the face <laughs> all the goddamn time. Like, you might love them, but you also just want to punch them in the goddamn face for being stupid, like, at least 80% of the time. You're like, just go have a conversation. Have a fucking conversation, and this problem will go away. Ugh. Um, but yeah, really good books. Um, they're, they're also fairly old. They're from, like, the 
late 90s, early 2000s is when Live Ship came out. So pretty easy to find also if anyone is um, interested. And you do not have to read um, the trilogy before that is the Farseer trilogy. They are not really connected. Um, there's some there's some Easter eggs and some stuff at the end of the third Live Ship book that kind of ties into the Farseer trilogy and like the, the Fitz stuff broader. But um, if you don't ever read those, you're not really missing anything because the majority of Live Ship is in like a different part of the world. They reference the the kingdom that the other stuff takes part in as like a oh yeah that's like way over there like we don't want anything to do with those people they're fucking weird um so yeah great books though worth yeah. reading yeah um they're 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 also pretty long they're like eight hundred pages or so each so you know plan accordingly but rich yes I believe you played some more Starfield yes I played some more Starfield I put another nine ish nine to ten hours into it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a game that you can get lost in. There's so much fucking shit to do. I haven't even unlocked base building yet. Like, I haven't, I haven't gotten my superpowers yet. Like, I haven't, I haven't touched anything, really. Like, I've barely touched the surface of this game. Um, but, like, more so, the one thing I really wanted to talk about was, I think I might have mentioned it last week. When I was playing on Sunday, I accidentally stole something, because... Of, of all the things this game is, the user interface is bad. And so there was an item on a table that I didn't realize when I were hitting a button to grab it, it said steal. Like, usually, like, it lets you know that you're going to steal something or, like, it makes it very obvious. This, like, the item just had a little, little red square next to it or something like that, indicating that it's owned by somebody. So, like, it, it's, it's, the UI is very bad. Um, I mean, that I, I can agree with. And, and like the, the, all the menu stuff is bad. Like that is like the worst part of the game. It's like the, the user interface and, and, and the, um, and, and, and the menus and all the damn menus. But because I accidentally saw something, um, they, it tells you like, oh, you committed a crime. You can go pay off your bounty or you can go get arrested and, 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 and serve your sentence in jail. I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to, there is like, there's, there's a, there's a, uh, a kiosk right over here that you can pay 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 off to uh to to pay your fine. And I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna go pay my fine. This I I accidentally like I I wish I could have just given the guy this thing back, which I think in older for older Bethesda games you get that option. Like it's like, hey, you took that. Oh, sorry, here you can have it back if you get caught stealing. But in this one, it's straight up like you get caught stealing, you get caught committing a crime. You have no, you can't. You can't like be like, oh, sorry, here's the thing back or whatever. Um, so I go to pay my uh, pay my fine, and it's like, no, you uh, you can't pay your fine on on crimes from here. What do you mean? You just told me I could. Turns out that if you commit a crime in a certain sector, you get arrested and brought into another side quest. Oh, that's actually kind of funny. And so, like, if you commit the crime, there's nothing you can do to get out. So I was, and like, the crime is, like, it's, it, like, it reads off, the game reads off all the things you've done. Oh, I see that you were a miner, and that you defeated the pirates here, and that you did, that's literally all I could fill out for me, because I literally just got there from being a miner and fighting the pirates, the first two missions of the game. Um, and then it's like, and then you did the thing you did. I fucking stole a piece of food. Like oh, a $5 piece of food. Like, oh my god, it was an accident because the UI sucks. 
So then it goes through this whole side quest of, look, because you're a rough and tumble criminal, we're going to give you a chance to, um, to, to help us, and then we'll, we'll wipe your sentence. And what that is, is you need to go and help us get, uh, evidence on the space pirates. So you need to join their crew and, and gain their trust and then find evidence on them and bring it back to them. Alright, sounds reasonable. I think I can do that. Sure. Thinking that, like, it wasn't going to be that hard of a side quest, but I go do it and I basically join the space pirates. It's like, alright, you join the space pirates, come to us in this sector and, and we'll get you, like, fully initiated. So I'm like, alright, that region is a higher level region, like 15, 20, I was level 6. So I'm like, I will wait to do that. And I go to continue on on my normal quest line, like the regular quest line. So also I want are the powers at this point. I want to get the superpowers, and then I want to explore the rest of the game. So I go to do some of these side quests, and every or some of these main quests, and every one of these quests have you dealing with the space pirates that I have joined. And so I'm literally just walking through these locations, not fighting anybody, because I'm part of their crew. I grab the item I go to get, I turn around and I walk back. I'm like, this sucks. This sucks a lot. <laughs> this, I, like, I was mad. Because, like, I, and, like, this is, um, probably, this is, Sunday is when it started, like, doing it. And or Sunday is when, like, I realized, like, Space Pirates, like, I don't have to fight. And then yesterday when I was streaming, I was like, guys, I don't, I don't want to go away from the main quest line, but I'm bored. So, once we get done this portion of the main quest line, I'm going and doing the space pirate stuff, because I want to have to fight pirates again, because this is boring. And the more I just decide to fight the space pirates, it adds a bounty onto my head. I owed the space pirates 30,000 fucking credits, because I killed that many space pirates. Um, That's a lot of credits. It, it, was, it was half my credits, man. It was half my credits, because I was bored. I was bored, and so I was like, I'm going to fight these guys, because they're bad guys anyway. So, it, this is more a, a, a PSA. If if you if you get that quest from stealing, from, like, the having, uh, doing a crime, and then the space police are like, hey, work with us to take down the space pirates. So if you want to accept it, accept it, but you can also decline it, and you can go back to it later. Either way... Don't do it unless you're going to do nothing but that. Because otherwise the game kind of gets boring. Because anytime you run into space pirates when they're supposed to be fighting you, they're not. And then you're losing experience, you're losing experience opportunities, really. And like, say there's 20 enemies somewhere, that's 2,000 experience. I could, I could be a higher level than I am right now, but I missed out on fighting enemies. So like yeah, I just that like that's that's one of the great things about these games. It's one of the great things about Bethesda games is like you can do stuff like that, and then you get accepted in certain organizations, but hated in other organizations. And like some people will attack you on site, some people won't. But it's like I didn't I didn't mean to do this. I didn't want this to happen. I didn't know that this is how things were going to be. I, like if uh, man, I was annoyed. Uh, As you should be. The other thing that annoyed me was the main quest line requires you to go into mines and find the arts similar artifacts to the one you found at the very beginning of the game. Well, in order to free that artifact from its, like, hold, uh, you have to hit it with your mining laser. There's no other th way to break the rocks around it but using your mining laser. 
but you have to have the mining laser in your inventory. Which is annoying because that takes up weight. It's a quest mandatory item that takes up weight in your inventory. And it is also a sellable item. Immersion, man. But it's a sellable, if it, like, that's the thing though. Like, I'm trying to free up weight, so I'm selling stuff out of my inventory. I'm, I'm putting stuff into my ship's inventory. And then I go and, and go to find the, the artifact and there's no mining cutters on the ground. Even though there was a cutter box that had spaces in the box for two cutters, there's no mining cutters in the mine. I had to leave the mine, fast travel back to the town, go to a general store, buy a mining cutter, fast travel back to the mine, and go inside of it, walk all the way back through the mine again, just for this item. Sounds like immersion to me. No, I mean, you know, it, it breaks immer- The game's immersion is already broken because it asked me my, my pronouns, but mm-hmm. like... No, it's, 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 that's, that's just tedium right there. Like, that's, that's not, that, it, if you need an item for a quest, you should either make it so that it's not, so that it's mandatory to have in your inventory and potentially unsellable, or if you can have multiples, all but one can be sold or dropped, or make it so that you don't have to actually have the item in your inventory. I mean, because, I'm with you that it should be unsellable. Like, cause like the thing is, it's, it's, you're mining. It's a mining laser. It's a laser. Like, why can't I just shoot around with a laser gun? Or why can't I grab a piece of metal and bash around this thing to break the crystals around it? Like, why do because I need the, a mining laser? The mining laser? laser is finely tuned to not hurt the mineral, just the rock around it. That is probably the actual answer. It, it is the actual answer, but <laughs> still, it's it's like. But I'm not trying to not hurt a mineral. It's an artifact that won't get damaged, and and I'm shooting the the artifact with a laser, so obviously it can withstand like me bashing stuff around it. Like, but it's also not really held in deep. Like, it's just that it's tedious, is what it is. It's like it's dumb it's almost like Bethesda is not good at making video games. I mean, yeah, you're kind of right there, but th- I, this is, as far as I can remember, this is the first time, like, a quest like this, where it's like, oh, you, you need to gather, like, this is the main quest, you need to gather all of these items, and in order to get all of these items, you need to mine them out of the ground, and it's like, I, I don't I don't recall ever having any sort of quest like this in any other Bethesda game, but it's just like, in this distance right here, because the mining laser is also a weapon, they don't put it in a key item slot or anything like that. They put it in your weapons and you can get multiples of, I've had like seven of them at one time at one because they're just thrown throughout the ground at some place. And so like, I'll just, all right, well, I'm saving space. So I got to sell these and these things weigh like three, four pounds, five pounds, and you can only hold 150 pounds or 150 mass. So it's like, all right, I got to get rid of it. Got to get rid of it. And I'm just fast selling it all. And it's like, how many do you want to sell? Sell it all. And then, it, it, then I have to, buy a cutter for a thousand credits when I only got 20 credits for it. Hey, at least you know now that it's, don't it's, sell it's, your cutter. That's It's going to happen again. I know it's going to happen again. First time it's the game's fault, second time it's your fault. See, the thing uh, is, yeah. the, the, the thing is, like, you, if I were to market favorite, like in, in Bethesda games, you can mark weapons and items favorite. If I were to market favorite, it means that I'm putting it on my hotbar. But you don't need it on your hotbar. Because you can open up your scanner and then shoot, hit the button to shoot your gun and he pulls out the laser. So it saves space on my hotbar. My hotbar has, uh, friggin', what, seven, three, six, nine, 
10, maybe 10 weapons on it right now. Like, why do I have 10 weapons? I don't know. Do I use all 10 weapons? Not really. But it just has that many weapons on there right now because well, they're may- all cool Maybe weapons. get rid of some of those to free up some weight instead of the mining laser that you need. But True. those are good weapons. The mining laser isn't... But you're yeah, not but even you don't using need all 10 them. of them. You need <laughs> the mining laser. I mean, the, the, if, to be honest, there's only like one that I'm not using. And it's a shotgun, and it's because I haven't really had a shotgun situation. I'm just saying, man, I played for two hours, I used one gun. The mining laser. I think I know better. No, it was like, it was like the revolver or whatever that you get very, like the very beginning. Did you get a revolver? I don't know. You get like a little handgun, oh, um, get, when the pirates attack you, the, um, yeah, you the get settlement. A pistol. Um, that was the only gun I got that, w- I, I mean, I got other guns, but they were all weaker than that one. So I'm just like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to keep throwing these away and just keep using this little handgun. It's apparently better than all of these. Yeah. The other complaints I have real quick are, we're, we're three, four hundred years in the future. I can't remember the timeline of, of, of this game. Uh, laser weapons aren't more prominent, which is a shock and is weird to me that laser weapons aren't more prominent. The other issue, and I, like, I kind of have, like, like the laser weapons not being prominent isn't that big of an issue. I don't care. Destiny still has mostly ballistic weapons. It's fine. The other, the, the, the bigger issue is we're three, four, five hundred years into the future. Um, and, you know, intergalactic, interstellar people. Where are the fucking smart aliens? Why is everyone human in this game? I mean, didn't Bethesda say there are no aliens in this game? Yeah, wh- why though? Bethesda is not creative enough to come up with aliens. I mean, that could probably be it. Like, cause, but like, here's the thing. Like, we've got, all they have to do is say, oh, you know, the Khajiit from, um, from Skyrim? Well, now it's the space Khajiit. You know, the lizard people from Skyrim? Well, it's now space lizard people. Look. How about this? They spent all of their resources on planets that don't have anything on them. They didn't have any skins left for aliens. <laughs> I mean, but there's no, they, they don't have anything on them because they're a lot of them. There are a lot of procedurally generated worlds in it. Like, no, when I you know. go I'm, to some I'm of kid- these worlds. I'm kidding. Uh, but you're, that's what I'm saying. You're like, digging too deep into it. I'm no, kidding. But Bethesda's I'm, bad at making I, games. That's what I'm saying is there's, there's, th- this game is first and foremost, it is a game made for fast travel. And that, I hate that. I hate that I, like, I have leaned to rely on fast travel. Like, I want to explore. I want to look around. And when you come to some planets, some of the, like, outer rim planets and things like that, and you look around, it's like, oh, there's all this stuff to explore, but it doesn't really matter. It's not, it's just going to give me a bunch of items I already have. I've got so much food on my character, but I don't have a cooking station on my ship, so I can't cook anything. Um... I had, uh, I wanted to modify one of the guns I had to put a scope on it, and I had, uh, four rolls of, um, of duct tape, uh, but I didn't have any adhesive to modify the gun and put the scope on it. You gotta break down that duct tape. You can't break it down, though. You can't break down things. You can't, you can't, like, be like, alright, I'm gonna scrape the adhesive off the, I can't, it's just, it made no sense to me. But then I, like, I killed a space alien, and one of the goo parts that I got off the space alien was adhesive. I'm like, uh, what? Like, Wait, it's you not, really you're not can't? even a space, you're not even a space spider, so, like, I don't understand where you get adhesive from off you. Like, you can't even go to a workbench and break stuff down? No, no. They t- so they took a thing they had in fucking their last three games at least and it, took that out it was fallout as far as i remember specifically fallout 4 had a lot of the crafting and 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 where yeah you could if you got if you got duct tape it considered both rubber 
or polymer and adhesive. And whatever you needed polymer or adhesive with, you could use the duct tape for. Yes. Well, um, uh, all right. I mean, uh, definitely in four. Uh, well, all right. Maybe not definitely four. It's been a while since I played four, so I won't say definitely, but definitely in 76, like, there are items like duct tape where it is duct tape and can be used as duct tape on things, but then you can also go to a workbench and break it down into fabric and adhesive. Yeah, yeah. So they got rid of that for this game. Yeah, which is like, it's in space. You would think they'd still have that technology. It, it, no, it that is, that is defi- definitely post-apocalyptic um, <laughs> nuclear age ability. That is not space age ability. I, it is still kind of post-apocalyptic because Earth is in, uninhabitable anymore. Like, like is do, have they ever confirmed like the Pixar theory that like all the Bethesda games actually just take place in the same timeline, just you know, different centuries or whatever? Uh, uh, I, I, don't I mean, think it's you can't. It's confirmed wrong at this point because Earth. The reason you leave Earth. Or the reason they left Earth is because they dried it up of all its resources. Okay, so I was just thinking, like, is is Earth from Fallout the the same Earth from Starfield? Because I know in Starfield, if you go to Earth, it's, like, burned out in, like, a husk. And then, like, maybe the reason we don't see aliens is because they're all on another planet, and that's where fucking Elder Scrolls happen. But see, that's the thing. There were aliens in Fallout. There are. Actually, yeah, in Fallout 4 and maybe also Fallout 3, there are aliens. In Fallout Definitely 4, there is, a, there is a place that, like, an alien ship crashes, and you get the alien space laser, and you see a fucking alien. I think you actually have to kill it to get its space laser. Oh, that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But there's no aliens in Starfield, where you're not just... It's not, like... It's one thing to be like, alright, we're in... We're on we're on the... Galac- the, the like, we're, we're in the galaxy, or the, uh, the solar system of Sol, and, like... The Milky Way. No, you're going beyond the Milky Way. You're going to Alpha Centauri. You're going to a bunch of other galaxies. And the only alien life is non-sentient animal aliens. So, I mean, look, there's something. But it's, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. I mean... I know. I'm, I'm kidding. I mean, in fairness, we have no proof there is any existing other life out there. In fair, you're correct. But also, in fairness, this is a sci-fi game. I want sci-fi... By giving me little green men running around, or giant furry monkeys that can yell at me, and I understand what they say. I mean, you're not wrong, but it's not the like, world they built. <laughs> like, you should play Jedi Survivor. I want, I want to play Jedi Survivor. That's, that's that's that seems more in line with what you're looking for. It, it is, it is on the list. It's down the line. Um, the next next main new game is going to be City Skylines too, or probably won't start till November. Oh, actually, um, I know this doesn't fit your your dead theme, but um, the rumor is uh, Calypso Protocol is going to be the October PlayStation Plus game, maybe. Uh... Which is the um, it's the creator of Dead Space's game from like last year or the year before. Yeah, thought I'd throw that one out there for you in case you wanted something something else for your rotation. I, I mean, uh, I mean, it's like you said, it's not fitting the dead theme. And I mean, I could do it because it's, it's not, it's not, uh, as far as I can tell, it's not an EA game or it's not a game from a struck company, which, uh, voice actors are likely going on strike within the next few days. It was, it was, um, agreed or whatever the term is today. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was agreed, I believe yesterday that they can go on strike. 
but it's still like they're still in the talks. They're still close enough to a negotiation to where like maybe they won't, um, but they might. But also, congratulations as a this is nine twenty six twenty twenty three. Congratulations to the WGA for all but getting a completed uh, uh, negotiation. Uh, writer's strike is basically over. Um, they're they're dotting the i's and crossing the t's. Unless something is fishy on there, it's basically over. Congratulations. Yeah, the they, they need they just need the formal contract and need to sign it. Yeah. So as long as as long as like they don't try to sneak any funny business in there, uh we should be getting at least late night shows back uh and within the next two weeks. Which cool. Yeah. But I mean that that also just paves a road for like you using the writer's strike to pave a road for this is what the writers got this is what the actors are also and then probably voice actors as well like i feel like maybe we'll get a quicker end to the voice act to the right to the actor strike now that the writers are signing their uh signing their contract yeah i mean that that is probably true i was more just you you said we'll get late night back that's why i'm just like cool well, I, I mean, there's not really much else that we're going to get back because that, the actors are not straight. I mean, that is true. But at least they can start working on new seasons of things now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Anything else you want to say about Starfield, though? No. As as much as I have complaints on it, if you like it, Bethesda, but I have right. complaints on everything. You do. You bitched so much. Um, I think that'll do it, though, because my throat hurts. So, yeah. Um, In two weeks, we're going to talk about that book. Uh, Drew, what is it called again? Oh God, no! I uh, finished. God damn it! What is it? Finished business. Duh. Yeah, finished business. Finished business. Um, and who's it by? Ray Didinger. Thank you. Um, yep, that's our next book club. We'll talk about the first half of that up to chapter nine, about a page hundred and fifty. There's a bunch of pictures after it, so you, it's real obvious stop point. Um, other than that, though, if you would like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there at your dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you know the other places. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. It all helps. You can also find us on social media. Rich, what are our social medias? Uh, our social medias are um, at one underscore quest. I don't know. Sorry, I had to call, so I threw on the spot there. Um at one underscore quest on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook.com slash one quest online. You can also send us emails to social at one dash quest.com and our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash one quest video. Now, Rich, you can actually answer this one. What are your, your, your streaming things? Uh, twitch.tv slash B underscore one us for video game streaming Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. You can also check me out on, um, on Twitch. On Kick and YouTube, uh, I, I'm considering probably dropping Kick, but uh, who knows? Um, uh, because Kick is just—it's not good, and the owners suck, which we've all known. Um, but uh, for basically October, starting uh, Sunday, this Sunday the first, I'll be playing the Dead Island games uh, on Mondays and Tuesdays, or Sundays and Mondays, Tuesdays. I'll be playing the Left 4 Dead games with me, Timmy, and another streamer, Xeno Alien, as well as somebody else. I have to figure out that fourth. Um, and then probably still see if these on Thursday, unless we can convince Sassy to play something. Alright. And with that, we will be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. See yous.